Hello, everyone. We are live again today with Jake Dunlop. Thank you, Jake, for coming. What's um, up, man? How are you? Doing great. Yeah, uh, good to see you. I mean, uh, I became completely used to this uh, COVID lockdown. I'm here in Italy. It's, we're almost at one month. We're hitting one month tomorrow. But it's like, you know, give me more. I can take it kind of a situation right now where I'm like, Fully, I'm, I'm. I put up my pull-up bar yesterday on the roof. So I'm right. also doing, I have my own walking desk. I have a, this other thing called QB that it's basically an elliptical below the desk. So I, right. I've been finding it quite well, and uh, I think I can go on for a lot longer if that's needed. You know, so. <laughs> well, it sounds like things are improving over there, at least from what what I can hear. So that's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. In fact, I'm Italian American. American only since two years, so I am. Con I have been concerned about Americans. A bunch of my American friends on Facebook told me, "Thanks for sharing all that stuff on COVID." I mean, it helped me to realize how serious it was. This was like weeks before. Where Where are you based, by the way? I'm in Austin. Awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. been there yeah. for South by Southwest. So the way I connected yeah. with Jake, I want to mention this because actually uh, something happened through I is that I wanted to know, like, you know, let me connect with my LinkedIn network. Like I have 22,000 followers. Who are these people? And so I was able to manually uh, put all those people into a Google sheet. And then I started to put sort them by who are the most influential ones, like who got the most followers. And Jake has got about, I think, 34,000 followers, if I remember right. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm only at 22K, so thanks for being here. So and then I, I just started reaching out to all these people and said, hey, how about, you know, we get to know each other, we go live, we, you know, we, we, we talk, we just have an interview as if we're meeting at South by Southwest right now. And I would be asking, you know, where, where are you? Where are you from? What do you do? And then we just start talking about it. But, you know, luckily we, we also get other people on board. And guys, please feel free uh, to ask us any comments. LinkedIn comments come in like not super yeah. smoothly compared to other platforms. Um, so I'll also add there a couple of links of a, of a Telegram uh, group and, and a WhatsApp group I've set up. Um, so you can also write, write me there in case it doesn't go through LinkedIn Live. I definitely want to make this interactive if you have any, any questions. But um, that's, that's, how, you know, that's how I met with Jake. He was in my network. And so uh, now, Jake, I'll let you intro yourself. So tell yeah. us you know, a little bit about who you are and and going a little bit more about what you do, and then we'll we'll take it from there. Yeah, sure. Well, look, I'm I'm looking forward to the conversation. So I run a, a sales consulting and strategy company, um, scaled, and we work with some of the most exciting, you know, growing companies uh, in the tech and non-tech ecosystems. And then we work with a lot of large organizations that are trying to modernize different aspects of their sales and marketing organization. So usually we're coming in and partnering with senior leadership around change management initiatives that, you know, sales training has not, you know, sales training has a time and a place, but usually you need lasting change. And that's usually when people will bring in our team, whether it's around, um, kind of the bleed in digital marketing between sales and, and marketing or more traditional, you know, optimizing demand generation, optimizing sales process, um, and then the change management that goes along with it. Because that's that's such a key key component of, of everything is making sure that it actually takes within the organization and that you, you see it through. So that is a high level. There's a lot that awesome. goes in there. We've got about 35 people, Austin, New York, and a bunch of remote. Great. So we've got, uh, yeah. That's uh, that's the high level. That's super cool. Yeah, and then I basically, yeah, looking at your profile, I remember seeing, you know, uh, growth. I think I saw some uh, kind of enough relative relative amount of focus on on SaaS as well, if I if I remember right. Yeah. Um, so you know, definitely we can talk about SaaS. I mean, there's there's I'd love to show you the latest SaaS that we that we've released, just so that you know, kind of what we're doing, yeah. and maybe we could also take that as a, as an example um uh, you know like kind of to understand yeah. what kind of stuff you know you you could do for like a SaaS entrepreneur like it. myself I'm yeah into and it. and i know a lot of other SaaS entrepreneurs i must say after you know about me once again like i was at nokia microsoft for seven years so you know big company more on the hardware side transition to the software did my first startup five years ago uh, but that was uh, kind of a crowdfunding solution for schools universities and schools universities don't really have that much money even though we sold a few SaaS licenses and then for the last couple of years, I've been focused on SaaS, and, and now we have like a service active on the market with 30,000 users, and now we cross 500 paying customers. And now we just released this other one, so ShareDoc View. So I'll just show you. Um, you you might have seen like uh, kind of similar similar solutions uh, in the market. 
Um, so it's a tool to basically share your uh, PDF doc with a link so you can get analytics and leads, you know exactly who opened the doc for how long. So just sign up, upload a doc, share the links, and you're done. And, and really the analytics piece is the most important. Um, and you know, you don't need to install anything. You can update the docs from the from the cloud in case you made a mistake on your PDF. You know, you don't really want to stop attaching PDFs. And then you know you have Google Drive and, and, and Dropboxes, but they have a ton of, of files. People don't really know what to share. This is the place where you just upload the files that need to be shared and get really that you know in, information as well as you can get email leads through this. Uh, so we're starting also, you know, you can put your watermark and stuff. Uh, we're starting with a pretty, you know, um, aggressive pricing. You know, there's competitors in this free segment that charge $15 a month and others that in this, what well, we charge $5, they charge 65 per month. So we're definitely uh, starting on that. And that's that's kind of like what, what we built. So, uh, you know, there's a free forever plan. So obviously for anybody here, um, you know, feel free to sign up. But um, but yeah, that's kind of what I've been what I've been busy in the last uh, six to seven months. It's been awesome building with my with my co-founder Christian, uh, a Bulgarian developer living in Mexico for a while. So we built it completely remotely. We were just talking once per week of one hour. So literally in like twenty four hours across six months, we built this, uh, and that that was like an incredible exercise. So. I just, you know, first I'll, I'll let you, yeah. give, you know, any thoughts on on this, and then maybe I'll. I'll start yeah, I mean, where where are you at in the go to market process? Meaning, like, do you have car, do you have customers? You know, tell me a little bit about where you're at. So we literally plan just next, like, three to six we literally just soft launched next week, uh, last week. So we're like, uh, we did a first, I did a first round of UX testing, and then I was like, okay, I think we're done. We we incorporated with Stripe Atlas, and so now now we're let's say we're on right. So first, uh, uh, transactions are happening. Uh, but uh, basically, you know, we realized like as we keep going, you know, uh, even though UX testing was like, I felt like I had a green light, then as more users start using it, for instance, we figure out that like, hey, you know, first one thing that I feel before we keep pushing more on the product is uh, the ability to add a link. So if you actually, if you add a link on your PDF, share doc view should let you click on that when you show that because that's important for lead generation or for actions. So um, we're still kind of in the go-to-market. We're still before the actual kind of pushing heavily on on the accelerator or pedal to the metal. Uh, we're still like finalizing the, the the UX there. So that's where we are. And then you know I'm, I'm I can talk to you about some some of my ideas about how I want to go there once once we start accelerating or what I would like to do. But but yeah, and I'll let you talk a little bit more in case you have any other and questions. And who, yeah, talk. who's your who's the primary buyer? So when you think about this, and this is for anybody out there, I think the the biggest issue I see with companies at your stage, and and maybe this will temper your your answer. I don't know, maybe it won't. You can. I want you to answer very truthfully, though. Uh, actually, you know what? Before I give my advice, I'm gonna I'm gonna retread. Who is your potential buyer? And I'm I'm so truthful is that like you know I didn't I didn't have my dessert so sometimes I'll have a bit of tiramisu if you don't mind so this is like how I'm Italian I'm super direct I'm from Southern Italy you whatever I think I say you know I can't even hold it so no worries about that but um my, what we're looking at we definitely want to start from like um, you know professionals so it could be like lawyers that still send out a lot of PDFs right people that send PDFs so there could be in a small company uh, they send those. PDF presentations, they have no idea um, kind of who opened it up when, right? They cannot follow up at the right time. They have no yeah. idea if they looked at the whole presentation. So it's, it's yeah, definitely like those, those what we call it in Italian, liberi professionisti, so professionals like lawyers or notaries and that, that still heavily use PDFs and small and medium enterprises. We also- Who, uh, within, who within the small and medium enterprises? So you've got, you've got lawyers and notaries over in this bucket. Then you've got- small and medium enterprises like what what does that mean i would say anyone that in sales of a small medium enterprise that sends okay. pdf so sales teams okay. sales sales and marketing teams that send pdfs is now our target only pdfs only PDFs. mainly right now you know okay. maybe if they already use a competitive solution and maybe due to covid they want to cut costs that's also another potential uh, area and actually i know a couple of solutions that are that are really not good at all from a technical perspective. Like it was like a startup that sold to a big company and you you usually know what happens afterwards if the integration doesn't go well, right? Also technology breaks. Right. And so we could go after those guys as well. Okay. All right. So you've got small and medium 
sales teams, lawyers and notaries, other people, right? Like the number one mistake is that's that's too different, man. You're building two completely different products. What do what do lawyers and notaries care about? Security. What do sales teams care about? They don't give a shit about security. So if you go True. start trying to go to market to groups that are too disparate, what you start mm-hmm. to build, you start to waste dev cycles. And mm-hmm. consistently with companies at your stage in particular, what I see is that they actually don't narrow the market enough to say, mm-hmm. look, for now, we're going to focus on this. It's not that you can't play over here 10, 10, 15% of your time. That's fine. Exactly. But it's like, you're going to build for this group is your main yeah. assumption with maybe again, like testing one or two small or other things. You know, that, that to me is where I would start. And I think, you know, so where your, your, your value prop becomes very quickly, we sell to small and medium sales teams who don't need a very robust solution, like a clear slide, brain shark, show pad, all these other panda doc, right? The other tools that do this thing. Instead, they need to know the basics that they did this, they did this. And then the business outcomes that we drive for small and medium sales teams is this, this, and this. And so for you, I think the key would be, or we worked in established industries that need visibility for these three reasons. One, two, three. And so that, that would be that would be my like my quick take on it is is spend a little bit of time just narrowing in um, those types of folks. You know, that that's that that's where I would think about. It. Oh, that's that's really great. That's really great advice. I would say and. Uh... I, I actually did have that so that I, I kind of want to do some some tests and some trials, you know, like the little I've been reading about growth hacking and, and, and growth marketing, which I want to definitely want more is that like basically to also try out different experiments and also see what what sticks. Right. And then compare. Right. So we could have like um, we could see like what happened with, you know, after after connect with, you know, 100 lawyers or 100 people in the sales and marketing of a small medium enterprise. And you could go like industry by industry uh, in, in small and medium enterprises to see like what happens there as well or uh, region by region as well. Well, you got to um, think about what, what you don't want to do, though, is I mean, the classic book around this is Crossing the Chasm by Jeff Moore. Right. And, and he's mm-hmm. he kind of created this concept that you form beachheads. And what you think about beachheads, it's here and then it's here. It's not here and then here and here. So my, my, my next question would be, okay, so sales and marketing teams at small and medium business, what's the next step out? Hmm, well, could we, you know, is there sales and marketing's, you know, teams that are too focused on this, you know, or this, or like, is it slightly larger sales and marketing teams because they're going to have more robust and where's your threshold? Because those teams already have seismic or showpad or one of these other tools, because this space in the sales tech space is already super, super, um, what do you call it? Uh, there's a lot of play- players, right, that are in the yeah. in this space in the, in the sales tech side. And so maybe again, it's like the pain in the ass version, but going the lawyer side and then like, what big law firms? What are these? Intralinks, right? That's what they. That's where they track. Like that's the big lawyer yeah, one. Yeah, right, right now we 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 wouldn't go to like big companies or big law firms, right? Which stay still like on more on the small, um, and more small size, right? Small enterprise, medium, max, uh, not not the big ones, because those guys usually like you know either yeah. require a lot of integrations or anyways, you know they're as you. I mean you you probably know that better than me. It's always uh, longer sales cycles, you know, yeah. bigger more money, but you know, that's not what we want right now. We want like quick feedback, quick iteration, uh, quick wins. Uh, but the key, but, but here's fast. what I want you to think about who you get quick feedback from matters. And I think where I see so many entrepreneurs struggle, um, or, you know, or you look at your market cap and you want to build, let's say you want to build a $30 million company, right? You want to do 30 million in ARR in the next five to 10 years, whatever that looks like you start to build and iterate for a market that's never going to get there. You know, you start and build and iterate for a $5 million market. And, and so the, the, the companies that I see win, they're not over, you don't have to, you can't plan everything in advance, but what they do is they're more, they at least do some plan, you know, like, a, like additional focusing early on focus, focus is the key word, right? Uh, go small to go big. You know, like if you want to build a massive company, you know, what you need to do first is focus on building a smaller, you know, uh, a smaller like beachhead into a specific vertical, let, and then let, you go. From let there. me ask. 
let me ask you one thing on that. And by the way, I already see a lot of value about what you do, and, and we'll get to that. Yeah. With, you know, getting more into this, what you do. But I think people will actually appreciate more what you do by seeing like a, a kind of a, a demo session that we're having, to be honest. Um, yeah. And I'm enjoying this. So, but um, one other thing, one thing I want to focus on is, and, uh, is to actually focus on, on LinkedIn, right? And focus on, on my LinkedIn influencers. So sure. uh, we actually kicked off a little software, which I'm happy to share with you after this, sure. which basically uh, automatically like gets what I did manually, the list of followers of your LinkedIn followers, that's <laughs> like more automated, right? Boom, click sure. one thing, done. And I calculated basically my top uh, 2000 followers uh, have up to like uh, they usually have a, above ten thousand followers themselves, and they reach they themselves reach to forty million people, which was pretty amazing. And then all my twenty two thousand followers they reach to eighty million people. I mean, of course, we know that you know out of two thousand people that have at least ten thousand followers, maybe I will be able to reach out to a hundred or two hundred or something like that, or or that that will respond. Although I actually had very good response rates because people when I go on a live, especially these days, maybe with COVID, like people are really appreciating this like. Yeah, you know, kind of, it, it, and it is like, to be honest, a pretty truthful. And you know, we're like having a conversation that now I had so many lives. Sorry, I hope you didn't consider to be rude that I was eating something. I mean, sort of no, drinking I some water, but it was okay. <laughs> but it was like I really want to feel like at ease. I want to feel like we were grabbing a coffee somewhere, right, south by southwest. So, so it's like I want to focus on LinkedIn. Going back to where I'm going, because you know, I know a little bit about the platform. And then from there, it yeah. might, you know, I want to focus on those LinkedIn influencers that that have a lot of people following them and that in, in itself might not be a specific focus on a specific industry or something like that but but it's it's kind of a, like a specific persona that tends to share a lot that can impact a lot of people so what do you feel about that well i mean look follower counts matter to an extent but the the real the real way that you judge who's an influencer or not is interaction. Like how many comments and likes do they get? Because that, that says that their message, it, it, getting a bunch of followers is easy. I can go request in sales navigator, 82 connection requests and it takes me 12 minutes. So getting followers is easy. It's, it's, it's super, super easy. So anytime I see someone with 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, there's people I know that have like five or 6,000 followers that get more engagement than most people with like 20 or 30. And I think that you got it. You have to look at this as you're building a community, right? Like you're building a, a community to engage with. And if you don't take that approach, you're not going to be successful. If you're not creating content for the community and, 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 and also the market will tell you if nobody's commenting or responding, then your content's garbage, you know? And, and I think too many people, they, they get hung up on its follower count plus engagement. You know, if you're just focused on one or the other, you're going to be in trouble. And so you've got to you've got to focus on both. And then every for me, every post, every thing is a data point. I'm looking. I'm like, okay, cool. All right, that's interesting. Okay, well, that worked. That didn't work. Okay, wow, like that really resonated. I wonder why that resonated. And I know, man, like there's certain ways to gain the algorithm. If you want, if you want to just get a bunch of engagement, just post inspirational videos. If you post some video that you find a meme online that shows a father meeting their daughter for the first time because they were deployed in Iraq. If you if you want to, you know, a woman walks for the first time because she got this robotic leg. If you just do that, you will get a ton of engagement, right? But you're not creating community. And so I think you've got to think about that, that piece of it. And you said something is nobody's commenting or responding. It doesn't matter. It does matter. I think it does matter. If nobody's commenting and responding on your post, that means your shit ain't resonating. <laughs> That means you've got 22,000 or 30,000 or 50,000 followers and no one gives a shit about what you have to say. And I feel like if it, I, that's all I care about. All I care about is how many people are interacting with the content, not for my ego, not because I'm like, Ooh, this is great. It, it's because then I know that there's an audience and it's resonating with them. And so that that's, that's what I would be paying attention to if I was, uh, if I was, you know, making this happen right now. Like if I was just getting involved with LinkedIn, I'd be focusing on how do I add more relevant followers and then how do I produce content that they actually care about and engage with. Awesome. By the way, we had a question from the audience and audience guys, so sorry, guys and girls, so sorry if I don't react right away. But LinkedIn is my favorite network, but the only one that doesn't show the comments on on StreamYard. And I, 
I was taking notes with Jake, actually writing on our private chat because Jake, I didn't want to go to another window. I just wanted no go I for it. I, like... No, I, I I pulled it up over here, so that's why if you see me looking over here, I pulled it up over here too. Oh, it's so I cool. Got you. Like you know, I was like taking notes about what you were saying. Like I think it's amazing. One one question, one person from the audience was actually the the IT head of my of my master, uh, Sam's. It's actually a collection of like business schools from London School of Economics to Bocconia. He asked me whether you can download the PDF on uh, share.view and absolutely you can basically actually you allow, you decide whether the person who will view the link needs to enter the email immediately when they, when they show up at the link or if they don't need to enter it at all and can download it or if they only need to enter it after viewing it and when they want to download it, which actually is my favorite and it's actually a feature I've always been looking for and, and that none of the other solutions had. So just to answer a question from the audience because I always yeah. want to answer those. Going back to everything that you were saying, Professor, I was taking notes, as you could tell. And Jake, I, I really value everything you've been saying right now. There's there was, there's one thing I would add on the on the engagement is that what I noticed some guys some guys and girls who are really focused on engagement is that they literally like uh, they make one post a week or a month and they get a lot of engagement, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 they do it just for that and that's it, right? So. Yeah. And then, and then I know there's like other people who maybe like get, you know, who do a lot more posts and people put a lot less likes or comments be because, you know, they post a lot more content and I'm actually one of them you know, for good or for bad. And I do it just because whatever reason, like uh, maybe I didn't think about it so well or, but then I think that you could, you, you also need to go and add all the contents, all the comments and all the likes of all the posts and see, then you can compare. Yeah. Uh, the two, right? So, um, and then, and then I think yeah, those people I, I, who post a lot more, they get, they get a lot more views. They still get a lot more people who view them more often because, you know, and, but they might get less engagement because people see them all the time and they're like, they literally get tired of putting a like because they're putting so I much. Mean, I, look, I post, I post on the weekends, maybe it's just one time a day, but on during the week I'm posting at least at, usually twice a day. Right. Oh, Probably wow. At least twice today right wow. why is that a lot or is that not is that not a lot i i i think that's a lot but again i'm kind of like the person no. that no i no but yeah. again i first of all i'm not very good with content like i'm maybe i'm better on the tech or product side and i definitely need to learn more about content creation like i'm yeah. not really a content creator um but i yeah i thought it was a lot and that's because i'm trying to slow myself down but it seems like um you know no. that uh, you're you're doing more than i'm doing so actually i'm actually going to your activity just trying to see what what what, what you're doing no i do uh, i do at least i do at least two posts a day and then at least one on the weekend sometimes two on the weekend um wow. per day cool. per day i mean like there's just no reason not to there's absolutely uh, I, no reason not to like if you if you think about right now less than two percent of people post on linkedin right and so LinkedIn is there. And especially for those of you who have less followers, like LinkedIn's algorithm right now kind of favors, they made a change a few months ago where they want people to post more. So they're encouraging people with less followers to post. So, you know, for me, I think it's, I think it's important that, you know, you're putting out thoughts, you're putting out ideas, you're coming up with new, like, you know, for you, it's about, you know, she's sharing your idea of like how to develop product in 24 hours or how do you, you know, how, like, I think we all have stories to share. I think not enough people just realize how to start pulling from your day-to-day -day and from every conversation that you have. And that's really how you come up with content at scale is you don't worry about doing it rehearsed. You you um, you basically do it as a part of your day-to-day -day. as opposed to like you write out 10 posts, you do this, you do that. And that's fine. Like I know a lot of people that do it that way. But for me, especially on LinkedIn, like we, like we do kind of a mix, but on LinkedIn, if you look at for the last, I mean, I don't know when, I don't know the last time someone on my team posted for me on LinkedIn, but it's been a while. Um, so I'm really focused on, you know, it's just a part of my day, but I'm sharing shit that just happened. I'm document. that's documenting. That's what I was looking for. There's people that stage, they, they write a bunch of content, et cetera. And there's people that document. I'm a documenter, right? I am documenting a conversation I had from yesterday. I'm documenting a conversation I know I have to have later or tomorrow or next week, as opposed right. to worrying about everything. And again, I know how to placate. I know like if I wanted to do X, Y, Z, but I'm going to post something that's, you know, interesting or insightful, you know, that's going to be my, my main goal, you know, but, but if it, and if it's not, it's not, I don't know. 
uh, and I was I was trying to look at your activity and I was stuck into your all activity, which actually is you know all any comment and like. And then yeah. I, I went to your post now, so I was like, uh, I'll definitely like um, uh, try to study that more and uh, and and so on. So that's um, that's Take that's cool too. Go there, check it out. Yeah, the links in the comments. Yeah, yeah. So going back to like uh, how you um, advise, you know, SaaS. Do you have a particular focus on SaaS, or are you around like any tech or? Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of clients in non-traditional industries too. I mean, a lot of companies that are oh. trying to modernize, right? So, you know, we kind of grew up in like the technology world, but the things that we're doing, I mean, like one of our clients is a, you know, the largest nuclear power company in the United States that has a, a parts division and they're just trying to modernize, right? And so the, 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 the what we teach and what we do is, is applicable across industries. And, and because we work with companies that are going through different growth or scaling challenges, when we go and apply them to more modern businesses, it actually makes things, you know, easier because they have the infrastructure and things to pull things through at times. So that's, yeah. I mean, that's a big part of it. Yeah, my last, uh, my guest on Friday was Wes Bush from Product Led Growth, which is a book I enjoyed so much that I'm gonna write a book summary. He gave me the okay to do it because you know, <laughs> it's just like one of the books that had so much, okay, I gotta do this. That you're like, I need to write what I'm gonna do or I'll forget, you know? Right. Um, and, and actually, you know, he was bringing up about all these examples who were of big companies who were moving from sales led growth, right? So, you know, trying to call people to, to actually sell them something to product led growth, which is also a lot about like also the Adobe case of the subscription, you know, going from uh, $600 a month for a product to SaaS model. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, he was saying exactly what you were saying, you know, when, the, when a big company moves, uh, in the right way towards, you know, the right, uh, direction that we can make a really big impact. So that, that's cool that you're on all sorts of stuff. How, what percentage do you think of your company are like tech or SaaS? Of the probably like I'd say like eight, 70, 80% are probably like oh. tech and then probably another 20% or other, you know, that could be professional services. It could be a, a good, a good mix of things. And uh, what's the size? I mean, you said you're, there's some like big companies there. Like, do you also work with some small startups or mainly like? Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, no. We've we've got plenty of clients that are like going through that first stage of growth, right? They're going from five to twenty people in their sales org, or you know, growing their marketing org. So, I mean, I would say on the small end, they probably got you know fifty, four, you know, thirty to fifty people, and you know, they're kind of getting ready to start scaling. Um, and then on the large end. Um, so, you know, that, that, you know, it, it scales pretty quickly there. So I would say we work with a lot of companies that are going through that like first stage of growth. When you said on the large, you know, small end, 30 to 50 people and on the large end, like how, how big does it get? Uh... I mean, Link, LinkedIn is actually our largest client. So, I mean, and they've oh, got, wow. I don't know, five, five, I don't know how many people they've got a lot. Yeah. Um, my office in SF was right next to them on Howard street. So, um, yep. Big building. Um, okay, so and and maybe like going going back to exactly like you know what you do, your focus on the on the growth and sales. Like, do you advise more in terms of like consulting, or do you provide the tools, or both? Like, um, yeah, we do a lot of work around sales technology and operations. So we've done, you know, uh, like if you know the sales engagement space at all, which is you know like sales loft outreach. Um, we've done, I think, I don't know, 200, oh, well over 200 plus deployments of those two softwares. So, I mean, I, I really don't believe you can build a modern sales organization without technology. I think you're, if you're not thinking constantly about efficiency gains from tech versus adding more bodies, then you're just, you're building a way you built a sales team 10 years ago and, and older. And so I think a lot of people right now for us, it's about what's their ideal customer journey. And then how do you map technology to augment that journey coupled with how do you make the sales team more effective in doing their job. And so like, that's kind of our process is starting with what's your ideal customer experience, right? They do this step, they do, they have an initial inquiry, an initial discovery, an initial evaluation, a formal evaluation, a closing period, an onboarding, an initial adoption, a power usage and a renewal. That's 99% of deals. And that could be an accordion if it's transactional, but everyone goes through these processes. And then how are we using technology to augment the sales team or, or move the buyer forward in that journey with by eliminating people by creating automations when possible. I'm not a big fan of over-automating by any stretch. 
but there definitely are things that people do that they just don't realize the tech exists. They're just doing things yeah. in a manual way and they don't even realize like, dude, wait, you're doing what? Like, did you know you can create an automation rule that will literally like sync your, you know, marketing automation data to Salesforce to outreach and then automatically put those people into sequences. Like people just don't, you know, as opposed to like, it comes into Salesforce, you manually, you know, look at the lead and you assign it to somebody. It's like, dude, no, like we can create rule. Okay, whatever custom rules go on in your head of how you triage leads, like we can program the tools to just take out that out of your head, you know? And so you, you mentioned Salesloft and Outreach. So it's salesloft.com and outreach.io, if I understand right. Yeah, that's correct. And, uh, you know, actually, I haven't run into those. I've been trying to do like a huge list of SaaS that can help us sell our SaaS. So one area I got a little bit stuck in has been like the chat uh, kind of uh, support, you know. So uh, I tried the uh, intercom, which I think is amazing, but it's like I'm I'm afraid like many people that it gets super expensive because they charge by the by the user. And then I tried HubSpot, which uh, has a chat uh, feature, but it's like, you know, I think it's a really bad user experience. And uh, and the app user experience is like even worse. Um, I'm looking into going back to crisp chat, trying that out again properly. Um, so that's been like one area. And then like, you know, kind of similar, always like exploring different CRM, you know, been using like, here and there, streak.com, and then mail-wise, like MailChimp, and now want to try like Active Campaign. Yeah. Um, what do what do like sales loft and, and outreach focus on? Which which part um, do they are they more on the there IM is sales or? engagement? Yeah, so there there is sales engagement platform. So no, they're not on the IM side. So what they allow you to do is create a sequence of activities that a sales team or a customer success team can execute against. So instead of like, let's say I want to reach out to you, Vincenzo, uh, you're a target product for me, they're target market for me. And I'm going to try to reach out to yeah. you eight, eight times over the course of three weeks. Imagine you can program LinkedIn connect, LinkedIn research, like or comment on a post, email, call, whatever, in one centralized place. And then I've got 200 different people at different steps of this process to, to manage that. It, it is the most table stakes part of any of any organization you know then you flip to the, i think the customer success use case is the same i sign you as a customer i've got set touch points i want to have with you throughout the next 12 months i'm going to have those set touch points with you so that's i think that's that those tools to me are just a table stakes you know or what are you going to do remember to follow up with someone or create tasks no you're not going to yeah Task and then you know how small do they do they go they look like a little bit more for larger enterprises Out, outreach will sell outreach will sell you one license like i mean yeah i mean they'll sell you one license and what's that typically uh, for? i don't off the top of my head i don't maybe 120 a month okay maybe something like that okay. like it's on it's more cool. i mean but but you got to think about it like and how about this if you're a really small company and you're really just trying to like get initial traction and you don't care. Yeah. And you could even use dispositions as some type of like, you know, uh, tracking for your set, you know, for deals. But, you know, it's like you can run a lot of your day to day out of it. No, that's actually I mean, the automation is actually what I was looking for. And, you know, like uh, product sales, uh, product led growth. The book I told you about it is like giving a lot of examples of like emails to send. They really focus on emails. Seems like these other types of sales engagement tools are also I, I noticed from the yep. website, they had a little bit of the um call that person and do that you know yeah i don't know exactly. if we're that high i don't know if we're that high touch i mean i guess based on what i've read you can be high touch if your ticket sales are a lot higher right so if you're you know selling stuff for a thousand bucks a month then i guess you have a enough you know, it's value what you're selling is valuable enough but you know for instance for share.view we're like five dollars 35 dollars a month it's probably like maybe at the beginning you want to do some calls just for market development and market understanding, but you know, you probably don't want to scale that way, or I don't know. Um, Depends that's on the site. That's 35 per user, right? Yeah. True. Per user. Yeah. Right. So if I have 20, if I have 10 people in my sales org, that's 350. So yeah, there's a, a kind of a certain scale where it's like, yeah, anything under 10, you know, but I, I wouldn't call it product led though. I, I don't think that's the right, I would say it's the difference between a sales led organization and a marketing led organization. 
At $35, you are a marketing-led organization where you need to be all about conversion funnels and having is and having inserting a human only when it makes sense to get people over the hump. Right. And I think that that's the that's what I would kind of get at if I were you. It's like it's not, it's like what are the audit? And that's where like MailChimp or active campaign come in. MailChimp and active campaign are great for like send all emails, right? Like step one, step two, step three, step four. Um Whereas these tools are more for like the next level, you know, you want to personalize step three, you want to connect on LinkedIn or send an email, mm. you know, like that, that's, it's, it's those types of things. Well, co connect on LinkedIn, that's new, but you know, send an email, they do it. What else aside from connecting on LinkedIn? I saw, I noticed the like call, I guess, like try to set up a call as well, or. No, I mean, uh, think of it, all they are are containers of activities. Step two could be send a, send a piece of mail. It could be send a handwritten note could be step three. Imagine mm. with these tools, you can set up whatever you want in these eight, eight steps. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, yeah. I mean, I'll definitely take a look. I actually just uh, was, was texting outreach to us about the pricing and uh, I'll definitely try to give it a shot. I mean, I'm really all about the tool. I think tools are extremely important. So I've been spending a lot of time studying the tools. Like in terms of other tools. Yeah, that like, are, like, chat, of like So here's the thing with chat. Like how many people are coming to your website? Like, you know, like in the other, like I hate, like it depends, especially a product like yours, you cannot use like a drift or a bot. It has to be live chat. Like if you use a bot, it, it'll just slow the deal down. Like you need someone to come in, click, answer two questions, convert. Not like a bot, like, well, tell me more about this and tell me more about this and tell me more about, like, no, dude. If like your product, I need you to convert as fast as possible. With as least with the least amount of work as possible. That's how I, that's yeah. how I would think about it. And then the other one, yeah. like Zendesk Sell, like they've got a new platform. Zendesk released like a sales version. Drift would be the other one that would, I would say in the states is a a, a player. Feels like expensive, no? Like uh, Drift starts out at quite a lot more than others. If I if I remember right from what I, I think my brother was telling me, he's also a, a tech entrepreneur. Uh, I can't remember exactly. And Zendesk, Zendesk, I'm, I'm interested in the sale part. That's I haven't right. heard if that's new. I want to check it out. Yeah. Whenever I was seeing from the outside in terms of their uh, support stuff, I hated those emails with all their garble text, you know, like blah, 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 blah. So I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm never going to use them. So what it's I'm just, also... It's built, yeah, it's built for salespeople. So it's built for sales organizations. So take a look. I haven't looked at it recently, so I don't know if it's going to be helpful or not. You know, I mean, that's what you gotta do. You gotta always keep looking at these different tools, and you know, it's it's really it's like a puzzle, right? So it's like there's not a right or wrong tool, but it's like how does that fit into your overall picture, you know? And what's the right next step uh, to get you to the to the other net to the other third yeah. step? Um, yeah, and like, and then in terms of like any any other tools that you'd like to share that you've seen like. Uh, if you're a small business, I mean, I think, look, for me, here's the core tech stack if you're a yeah. small SaaS. LinkedIn, yeah. sales LinkedIn Sales Navigator, must, have to have it, right? Why? You can build lists. You can connect with people faster than, it just saves you so much time. Like I said, trying to connect with 82 targeted buyers in 12 minutes is impossible without it. So LinkedIn Sales Navigator. The next is like outreach or sales op. Outreach is, is our, our main partner. So there, that's an easy one, right? Then you need a tool that gives you access to data. So that could be, you know, seamless.ai, lead IQ, sales intel, discover org, zoom info. Wait, 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 you're going really fast. Seamless.ai or? <laughs> uh, lead IQ is another one that, that'll scrape LinkedIn. Lucia is another one that'll scrape LinkedIn. Uh, it, but then like, then there's like the, the, the main one is like, you know, zoom info, right? If you want like the best and then like right underneath that, I would go to salesintel.io. So like once you have a clean data, a clean set of data, a way to action on like a way to build lists, a clean set of data, and then a way to action on those people, then you're, you're kind of, and then obviously a CRM, right? Which my, my suggestion would be if you're super small, I'd go with HubSpot. If you're slightly, as soon as you want to scale, then immediately switch to Salesforce. You know, like I, I, I tried them both and like as a, you know, tech small entrepreneur, 
like Salesforce just felt impossible. Like, and I used Salesforce back in the days at Nokia, and that was like a nightmare. And then I went back and still like so complicated, I would say still unnecessarily complicated in many ways, still a lot of UX issues. Uh, HubSpot felt a lot better. To be honest, HubSpot feels a lot better for I think a small, small company. Yeah, I agree. I'm just it's got so like a sorry good that... all in one. It's got like a good all in one. They have a marketing automation tool, a CRM, and they have a version of Outreach or Salesloft, a version. Hmm. Yeah, for me, my biggest issue. I'm sure, I'm sure they will improve it, but that chat part, like I wish that was done well. Like right now, it's so subpar, and like the app to manage the chat, it's really so subpar. That's a shame. I mean, I'm sure they're gonna uh, improve it because it feels like they just released it or they released it relatively recently. Um, I was actually thinking about reaching out to them. I, I saw one of them is following me. One of the their VPs, like to, to try to to understand like when is the new stuff coming before I drop it. Um, so yeah, so connect on LinkedIn with sales navigators, outreach or or sales love for this automations and tools for like building the lists. We said seamless.ai, lead IQ, Lucia. How do you spell Lucia? L-U-S-H-A. Double check that. I'm not hundred percent sure. Okay. Zoom in for sales intel.io. And then um CRM like HubSpot, all Salesforce, and already told you guys what I feel about them. What about like uh kind of uh, any other automation stuff. I mean, I really do believe in automation, right? So um, any other automation tools that, that you've seen or that you've... I mean, there's a lot of stuff, but but for most, if you're a growing entrepreneur, that's good. You know what I mean? Like, look, dude, there's like 1,200 sales technology companies, right? Like me throwing 900 more at you, like, you know, then there's like the this phone oh. tools, right? Then there's you know, seeing where your integrations are. Like, no, that's good enough. I mean, like, for instance, phone tools I would avoid because I'm, I'm just myself against receiving a phone call, so I just don't want to give it to somebody else. You know, it's just, uh, I, it's also a matter of generation, right? I mean, like, I, I mean, yeah, maybe, you you know, I see you going like, I guess not. You know, what, what's been your experience with, with phone tools, whatever you, or, or with anyways, using phone calls to, to sell? Are you talking about, like, click, are you talking about just using the phone or... or or just anything like I, I like I said, I, I'm personally against any phone calls because like unless you schedule it with me, I don't want to receive your phone call. And I, you know, I try to stay less on the phone like because it's just, you know, it is true that like video communication, you're just so much more there, right? When people are on the phone, they're just like not really there. And it's just like they're doing something else. And it's just like the whole party level of just calling is just, it's just bad. It's distracting. It's not deep. So that's why I'm against phone calling. But you know, I see you were like disagreeing. So I, w- I was wondering what you were thinking because I love people who disagree. Uh, here's what it is. I can tell you my phone is ringing less than it's ever rang in the last two weeks. I, I think if you have a product or a solution, I was talking to an outsourced lead gen company. They set 70% of their meetings via phone. And I think the phone is the easiest. It is the hardest of all methods. And it's why... It's why uh, it, people struggle with it because they don't persevere past it. It takes time to perfect it and to get it right. And it's an integrated strategy. Like the phone is a part of all the other stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. It has to be integrated. It can't stay on its own. Um, and w- what what tools have you seen in the, in the phone space that you like? I mean, I was hearing a lot about AirCall, but I didn't really look into it. Are they leading player or if you use them? Uh, I mean, they're like a smaller like player, but no, I mean, AirCall is fine. Like we use AirCall. It's like a good basic phone tool, but no, I was talking more about call, like, like coaching tools, like gong.io, for example. Or uh, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. recently saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So have you, have you had experience with gong.io? What have you seen? That's yeah, great. I mean, but you gotta be able to coach to it, right? Gong.io is about like AI analyzing every single one of your sales calls. So when did you bring this up? How did you bring this up? What was the tone? Who talked more? All this stuff. So it's like, it's more like once your team gets bigger, you know, and like you need to coach and, how, and hear. And how many people, people would you say 20, 30, 50 or? That's right. Yeah. I think like 20, like 15, 20 is where it becomes. So maybe let's, let's go back to people, right? Like, you know, uh, let's say like, if you are about to s- just start building your sales organization, like, w- or, I mean, what would you do? Like, I mean, uh, I could tell you what, what I'm thinking and maybe then you can again, like, uh, scold me or correct me or, or just, you can go straight, uh, to give us your thought and go either way. For what? 
So for like building your sales team, right? So do you, do you start, I mean, first of all, I've been hearing a lot about founders should first sell themselves to figure out like the right way to sell. So I'm, okay, I figure out a process. Now I can teach, coach this person to follow this process and sell more, That's right? Correct. Because if you just put somebody to be like, you know, do, do whatever, like that's your no idea. Number yeah, one. You, yeah. You can't expect someone to figure out your business for you. That's your job. Yeah. You can't yeah. expect you're going to hire someone from the outside and they're magically going to figure it out for you. Exactly. And then, and then you basically, you know, you, in terms of sales figures, uh, you got this SDRs, right? The sales development representatives, which mm -hmm. seems to, which, which are the people that basically like kind of get leads and warm up the lead. No, actually those are the people who like build up the leads, right? Well, they build um, up and they reach out, they set meetings or set qualified opportunities. But then again, like probably that's, uh, that's, that's just for like, if you have a big, a bit of a bigger sales, like ticket items or, um, I mean, you got to think about it. Like, do you want to pay a salesperson to source leads and reach out to people? I don't know. Right. Like for your, your sale needs to be inbound led. Like you, like SDRs for you are maybe about, uh, you know, like bigger accounts. Yeah, like not not the super small one. Exactly. Yeah. So, and how would you go? Let's say for like like a, a, a small like new enterprise like this. Like, how would you go about like setting up your sale aside from doing it yourself and figure out something that that works? That's then. the only option. Same thing yeah. with like marketing, like. You know, for you, if you guys can't start to figure out what what is the customer journey, like what does this look like, like, and then and then start to whittle it down, you know, how to to get people to convert at like scale, you know, that that's where this this becomes interesting. You know, first you do things that are unscalable to just drive results, yes. and then you worry about then okay, like, well, oh, can I automate that? Oh, can I do that? Where co companies fail is when they try to automate too much too quick. They try to go the opposite way. They try to do they try to automate things and then conversion sucks. And then they try to like unautomate certain parts. Whereas that's just not what I've seen be successful. What I've seen be successful is you kind of put together what converts at a higher rate. And then you try to look for ways to tweak it versus like focusing on like everything being um, about that. Absolutely. And like uh, in terms of going back to those like, kind of sales figures that you see that you think are like kind of most important, you know, we mentioned just SDRs, but you know, what, what, what else do we have there? You know, what, what do you think are some of the most important sales figures? Um, I mean, I think the key is like, you know, what I always say is look hire where you have holes. And what I mean by that is don't, if, if you have a lead problem, don't go hire a bunch of salespeople. If you have a, a sales problem, don't go hire more lead gen people. You know, so I, I think, you know, with a lot of first time founders, you know, to me, don't think of break the sales into different components. Right. And so for me, I would think like, you know, do you have a leads problem right now or do you have a sales problem? If you have a leads problem, go hire someone who's going to help you generate leads and then you take over sales. And then once you've built out your playbook, then you go hire an account executive, you know, so. I think going back to some of the things you said before, like that's it. It's like, do you have a sales problem? Do you have a leads problem? Do you have a data problem? Like, where do you have the problems? And then go hire someone who can help you with that or look for a tech that can help you with that versus hiring salespeople. A lot of people just jump and start hiring account executives. And they're like, yeah, we're going to hire two more salespeople. I'm like, but you have a lead gen problem. Go hire a lead gen person next. Hire no more salespeople. Make those salespeople you know, doing more laps around the track because they have more meetings as opposed to hiring some one size fits all salespeople. You know, and like, yeah, that, that's the disconnect. A lot of people don't take that time. Yeah, so basically you're saying, you know, you got to divide in leads or sales. So, so first you got to figure out if, if you have enough leads, if you don't have first get those leads. And uh, once you have enough, you know, you can focus yourself on the sales side. And then once you're, you've taken care of enough sales, you can try to hire somebody, some more people to do it. Um, build so build that's, out that's, like the beginning of repeatability. Once you're like, you know what, I've ran 20 people through this process, you know, from a sales standpoint. And it kind of looks like this. And we've got enough leads to feed this person, or at least somewhat. Now you're ready to hire a salesperson. Same thing on the lead gen side, right? Like if you don't know how to generate leads, like ex expecting someone to come in and figure it out is is very slim. Yeah, you know, like uh, there's a the best story I have for you is a, a guy, this guy Brett Adcock. 
um, who's a CEO at a company called Vettery. They sold to a Deco for a hundred million. Um, uh, and, then, and this is, and what he did is, look, nobody could figure out out SDR. They hired four, five, six people, couldn't figure it out, couldn't figure it out. Brett fired himself as the CEO and hired himself as the SDR, figured it out in a month, cold called, emailed, figured it out, and then backfilled and hired, and then 18 months later sold his company for 100 million. So you, you can't, I mean, that wow. is how you get, that is how you get shit done. If you keep relying yeah. on other people to magically figure stuff out for you, it ain't gonna happen for you. That's what, separates, sure. that, that's what separates entrepreneurs from entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs want these things to happen. They want other people to do it versus they get in the shit like it's your business, you figure out the problem. I have an even worse uh, description of uh, entrepreneur. That's the guys who like haven't even built anything, would like to build something, haven't even built it, and are calling themselves entrepreneurs. But anyways, uh, it's always still good. Even those guys, we still need you because at some point you'll start building something and later you'll Yeah, who selling. cares if you can build something if you can't, if nobody wants it? Like oh yeah, for sure. Buying. But it's like it's steps, right? There was the guy who just wanted to build something. Then there's the guy who builds it, and then there's the guy who gets the leads, and there's the guy who sells it. But and, and aside from you know yeah. like uh, lead, you know lead generation, sales, there's things just like you know press or like just general marketing. Like how would you place the uh, those components right as part of this puzzle? Well, it, it all depends on your market. Like I said, you're either marketing-led, sales-led, or product-led, right? And the product can be like a part of, of both of these, actually, to help with like upsells and conversions. But, yeah. you know, it's like, again, if your average sales price, you kind of hit it on the head. If like if it's under a thousand, you know, like under a thousand bucks a month, you know, under 600 bucks a month, you, you got to focus on marketing, marketing being the engine to drive things, you know, and then as it creeps up, or it's got to be really transactional. You know, I can get you on the phone, one call, two call, close you. Right. Like that. It's just got to be a quick sales cycle. Um, but marketing has got to be the one responsible for driving a lot of the interest. And as the deal size goes up, then, you know, you're going out and you're, you know, you're able to make sales a bigger part of that. But I think, yeah, that, that's, it's a pretty simple formula. It's like, if again, if like, if it's a transactional product, marketing has got to generate leads. You can't afford to your point. You said this before, you can't afford to have people doing a bunch of outbound on it. Yeah, if you don't know if it works or not. In terms of like some uh, maybe tech companies or SaaS, is there anyone that you could share that we can take a look at uh, what what they've done and uh, maybe check check out their website or anything like that? Are you talking about for like what about like be like what like what mm, specifically they've done? Maybe maybe like more on the marketing led stuff, right? So like uh, just to stay on topic um so like yeah if, if you have any examples of like companies you've helped on a marketing uh, uh side and you know maybe there's anything we can see on their website and um just just to see like hey look up this is what we've done right type of type, type of thing and i know it might be hard to call anything off the top of your head and if you can yeah we're not like a marketing firm i'm not going to rewrite your website for you like that's not my job my job is to help you sell shit right like and i'm not like a I am like, our team is super strong on the social stuff on like, you know, LinkedIn profile, like, you know, LinkedIn strategy, et cetera. But I would say we're not, you know, we're not the company you hire to redo your website. Like that's not our jam or to do like super high conversion click funnel stuff. Like there's people like that's their jam. You know what I mean? Like for us, we're much better once you have to start to get some sales motion involved. Like that's, that's our jam, right? So a lot of the work that we do is more, once you interact with the team, it shows up versus it's something you just go to a website and see necessarily. And so, okay, cool. And so like, you know, basically things like, you know, if let's say, because I was thinking about that, like, you know, you, we have your, our product, we can go check out conversations yeah. and posts that already happen on LinkedIn and go comment on that and like try to engage, uh, you know, either for instance, in our case, there's people sharing PDFs and sometimes they share like a huge PDF on LinkedIn and they don't ask for like, you know, either comment or, you know, uh, reach out to me. So I send you the complete slide deck or anything like that. So those could be also some, some use cases. Um, and yeah. is, is that basically also kind of some of the stuff that you've done with, with some companies to basically like, you know, see some LinkedIn content that you could, uh, engage with to. Yeah. Yeah. I would go check out, there's a, a client of ours. Uh, a company called, uh, I'm trying to think like who would be a good one to go check out that we can reference. Like uh, a lot of the work we're doing, like we're at, actually a good one would be the New York Jets. If you go to the New York mm. Jets and you go look at what their 
their sales team like is putting out right now, that's all us working with their team. So if you go to the New York Jets, they're an NFL team. Um, yeah. that'd be a great one. Should I go to their like their LinkedIn and just see like it's kind of hard to go there, like or their website or where do you think I should go? Uh, I would go to like go click on their sales team. Like go start to look at the posts that their sales team's putting out. Yeah. And that's a hundred percent of the type of content we're working, right? As opposed to, yo, the Jets are the best, or we're good, or we're gonna be better this season. You know, getting them to talk more thought leadership, what's happening, build a voice, build an audience, connect with more CEOs, all that. Cool. I'll definitely I'll definitely check it out. I'm I'm trying to check it out right now. And then if I see like uh so they have like 552 employees. I mean, I'm sure it'll be I'm not sure if we can let me let me share the screen <laughs> right now just in case you spot anything. Yeah. Um I'm not sure that straight from from these posts there there there's anything that uh, you got to go to the uh, yeah you can see here look look what they're posting so mm -hmm. they're posting behind the scenes videos scroll up mm -hmm. scroll up back up they're yeah. posting um, you know they're they're posting about their partners right this is mm -hmm. money right so this is one of their partners. Right, one of their, I, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a sponsorship. So again, they're not just talking about the team, they're promoting their clients, they're promoting their partners, yeah. right? Most teams are focused on team stuff. And these guys are at least, we're working with them to do like a mix of this, you know? Yeah. And so if you go to, the, the key is like, yeah, they hosted a lunch, they hosted a lunch with Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Yeah. So they're talking about what some of the takeaways were out of the Q&A, so. But this is this is yeah. their marketing team. If you click on the employees and you start to see what the sales team, that's where that's where a lot of our work is. Awesome. I'm definitely definitely gonna. There's a bunch of times where I like connect with the different people at some companies just to like see what's going on. Right. I did that with the guys at at Streamyard or Restream just because I think like we're we we definitely had a huge kick with the with the live streaming and just like online solutions. I think. There's, we're still going to see a lot in terms of online events because I think no uh, one has figured out how how to do an online event properly, right? And 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 I think this this whole COVID situation is going to last for a long time, um, so for sure. So I think, like I mentioned many times, like you know, like we usually try not to go over the hour, just to like set you know minimum thirty minutes, max an hour, because after that yeah. we're just so tired, right? And everybody gets so tired. But it's been like you know, I, I really had to look at the time. I was like, damn, already fifty six minutes, and I was like, <laughs> sad that it was over. Um, and you know, I definitely learned a lot. I definitely felt like you know, uh, there's, Good, there's a lot that can, that can be learned from you, and I'm sure like, a lot of other people felt that. So I think that that was the most important thing that that needed to come across. Maybe I'll let you, you know, uh, let you go if there's anything you wanted to say in the last few minutes. Yeah, I mean, check out. You know, always look. Follow me on LinkedIn. It's Jake Dunlap. It's pretty straightforward. You know, if you're in sales or marketing, you're looking for what modern companies are doing. You know, you're even if you're on the front lines, you're a rep you know, DM, follow, like we put out a lot of very tactical content as well as strategic. So go check it out. Yeah. And I'm, um, I, I think, you know, your, your LinkedIn on my different networks, like, uh, definitely you're, you're, you're someone people should, uh, uh, link up with and connect and, and, and learn from, uh, definitely, definitely a, a appreciate your time here and a lot of, lot of stuff. I need to go back and, and check out, but also that the general <laughs> clarity around, like, you know, don't, 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 you know, don't, focus right now on sales and I kind of knew it already, you know, focus more on lead gen, you know, we could definitely do more, more, more lead gen. Um, but I, I think, I don't know if there is anything like that. There, there needs to be some, like some of those like big sales charts to just say like, this is what you should do, right? This is what you should do when, but I guess it all depends, like different companies at different stages in different uh, markets. Yeah, just run the plays, man. Like if you could just Google like, revenue growth with under a thousand dollar ARR product. There's going to be 800 things like dude, dude, never reinvent the wheel. I tell my team this all the time. If you have a question, don't come to me, go to Google and YouTube first and then come to me because Google, we have 7 billion people on the planet fucking earth. Do you think that good, like that nine, every, most things have already been figured out. Like yeah. don't, don't reinvent the wheel. Like you want to know what your play should be. Go look at like marketing led, you know, like sales organization. And there'll be like 9,000 examples and just read it and run their plays and iterate on it. Like stop reinventing the wheel. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned this, you know, marketing led stuff. I need to read more about it. I mean, that, yeah. I mentioned product led. It's just yeah. the name of a book. Which product is led is hope. And, is hope. I mean, I don't know who this dude is, but that's hope and mirrors, <laughs> man. If you really think a product's going to sell itself, good luck, dude.
Again, the only like they're so far in between, man. Like Slack, everyone's like, "Well, what about Slack?" I'm like, "Cool." <laughs> How many other companies are there? How many other companies are there? You know, millions. Okay, great. Right. If you go raise two hundred million dollars, you can build a product-led company. Go show me one company that that didn't raise a boatload of money and was product-led. That's a luxury because you raise a lot of money that you then get to go and product-led. That's not actually, I, I am like the anti, I, I hate it. It's like, I'm all about Steve Blank, which is the customer development model. You don't build, mm -hmm. build, build product and release. You you develop the customers. So anyway, sorry. I, can I do have, no, 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 no. This was amazing. I mean, I do I do have his, his book here. So I know like I got to reopen up that. Read the four steps to the epiphany. The four steps to the epiphany. I actually I haven't read that. I was reading there his manual. Um, but I will do that again. Um, it, and what's amazing about the live is that like, you know, there's, there can be this kind of discussions and content a bit more real, which, you know, you might not be able to do over your own video. Cause you feel like too much of a hater in saying what you just said, but what you said is just like, it's not no, hater at all. It's shit. just like, no, 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 no. But I, I love <laughs> this because, you know, it's like, I realized that, you know, I was on Friday where like, I mean, I was totally nuts about this book and this guy, and I still love him. I still love the book. But now I also see what you're saying, and I mean, I know that it's you. You gotta live it's in it. You know. Good product, good product can help, and good product marketing can really help. People who know how to create functions within the product that then get you deeper as a user, I'm all about. Right? Everyone's end goal is one thing: power users. That's it. It's not signed contract. It's power users. If you build a company that's dedicated to get people to power usage, you've won. Right, but along that journey, you've got to close the deal too. So, but that's right, why dude. closing on this, I'm I'm gonna close that. I'm gonna focus still on, on more of the influencers from LinkedIn because they are power users in everything they do. The influencers, they just like post, do stuff. So that's right. I'm man. gonna try it out. I'll keep you posted, anyways. It was great connecting. Thanks yeah, again, awesome. one more time right. for joining us. Thanks everything. everyone. Be in touch. Thanks right, everyone. Ciao.